Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, Kevin Day joined us, didn't he? He was on good form. He talked football finance because he is something of an expert, although he says he isn't, and uh, Palace's new manager. Um, we spoke to Faye Carruthers, who's with the uh, England guys. Yeah, um, we have big St. plans George's. for her. Yeah. I have big plans for her. Um, you're also here from uh, Connor Cody. Yeah, who's uh, part which is of the plans now. Of, of the plans, yeah. and it's a, it's a very different evening now for Max. And um, we played an old classic clip from uh, the warm-up featuring uh, Emmanuel Frimpong, didn't we? Because we were talking today about those Q&As that you have with footballers. I think that's just about it. I don't know if uh, the the talk sport uh, talking dog prince will feature. I hope so. I enjoyed that I'm not, I'm quite, yeah. I slightly scared. I have to hold my mouth in a certain position, and it is quite a scary sight, isn't it? I just thought maybe, <laughs> maybe may, I'd finally may, gone. Maybe that was the moment. That was the moment, you. yeah. yeah. Can, shall we call point. it? 3.45, <laughs> pension him off. 9th of June, 2021. There we are. End of Hawksby. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm starting to get very excited yeah. about the whole thing. How's this manifesting itself? What are well, you doing? Well, at the moment, do you have do you have an array of of England shirts? Do you have or yeah, do you have? I gave some to uh, the homeless shelter the other day. Oh, I don't like to talk about my charity work. No, I know Paul. you don't. don't bring yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I told you not to bring it up. Sorry, I do uh, but I do, I've still got no a couple. I've got the old red sort of classic 66. red sixty six. Yeah, I've got one of them. Yeah, um, and I've got one. Oh, I can't remember what it's sort of a. I'd say it's a mid sort of twenty tens one. I haven't got the you know eighty two. My eighty two and eighty six, I think, yeah. might be my favourite ones. The eighty two, I love the eighty six red. One. The I mean, Admiral I'm not a big one. fan of red shirts, but that mm. I, that is a nice. Yeah, that, that is, is a nice, beautiful kit. It's a nice kit. Yeah. I, well, wh- how it manifests itself at the moment is when the latest England player to be interviewed, because mm. they seem, you know, they're in sort of casual sports gear. They're sitting down. They're very relaxed. I think they look relaxed. They should start. So at the moment, because I just saw Raheem Sterling and Dean Henderson when yesterday, he ch- when he they spoke should to start. Faye, he was like, yeah. he, was like he, was, he was on holiday. He was horizontal, he was wasn't so, he? So relaxed. That's, that's a really good sign, it though. Is. It is. But yeah. then, you know, I imagine, you know, Faye's talking to Connor Cody, he'll be relaxed, so then I'm going to have to start Connor Cody. Yeah. So it's just whoever Faye has spoken to last gets in my starting 11. Right. Um, but, <laughs> that's a good uh, system. Why not? You've got to find a way, haven't you? Yeah. It's a bit like picking a horse to win He's the He's always good value, Connor Cody, he is, isn't yeah. he? So I imagine he'll be quite good today. Anyway, we'll hear from Faye. We'll be in Backer as well. Hugh Wusencroft is there. 
uh, with Wales, so we'll catch up with you. We're going to get a bit of a feel for the place. They've had a couple of days now yeah. to have a look round, so we'll see what Q makes of Baku. Hugh Woosencroft, travel man. Yeah, basically yeah. that, Marvelous. in Baku, what, yeah. with Why Nigel not? Adderley as his yeah. star guest. <laughs> love to Nigel. Dean Saunders. Um, on, on Saturday... He'll, uh, be getting the f- he'll be getting in the evenings... <laughs> So there was me, right? He'll be doing. He'll get all of Dean's stories, which are legion and many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'll be getting all. Or, so I, big John Hart and me, and he'd be doing. Honestly, about two hours. I won't get a word in edgeways. Or he'll do, they'll do a Dean Saunders coaching session. <laughs> right. I'm the centre back. You're the full back. I'm running at you. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> he answers all the questions. Yeah, very good. Now, on a couple of Saturdays ago, we we were talking about they were talking about press conferences. Naomi Osaka not doing the press conference, yeah. and the fact that there's a worry that. The only time you'll hear from sports people, mm. if they don't have to, if they're not obliged, you know, they are obliged to talk to Faye and talk to other broadcasters yeah. in the England squad. But if they're not, you'd only get their social media channel, uh, channels or when they partner up with people for sort of weird, mm-hmm. you know, here we have Matt Dawson. Matt, it's always Matt Dawson. He's always talking to you about loft insulation or yeah. something. <laughs> anyway, Pete Allison, who, who works uh, uh, local radio, got in touch to say, Max, I heard you mention celeb plus unlikely topic interview offers recently. Uh, David Seaman on air pollution has just arrived in my inbox. That's wow. good, isn't it? So yeah. hopefully we'll get David Seaman on soon to tell us about air pollution. David's coming on tomorrow to is, talk to us about it. Is he really? Yeah. Well, that was, so that, watch God, yourself. You booked that quickly, blimey. What about what that? I just re- say, if I just say Robert De Niro, does he get booked for tomorrow's well, show? That's tremendous, that research isn't it? research today from good people at U-Switch who've worked out that Carl Walker's got the largest energy bill. Does of he? His 16 grand, they reckon he pays, because he's got a massive fish tank. Has he? I used to know... Uh, How do they know Carl Walker's got a massive fish tank? Because there's pictures of it. Oh, and right, obviously okay. looked at how much... I mean, it's huge. Absolutely. It's like, like an aquarium. It's almost like you could go in a diving <laughs> suit and, and swim with That's him. That's how Kyle cleans it every morning. <laughs> he he goes it? in there with a brush. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Carl in his diving suit. Yeah. I knew where he used to live, which wasn't a million miles away from me. Okay. But nice place, but as far as I know, it didn't have a full man-sized aquarium in it. But I think it is one that you can go in, yeah, and, and have a swim with the fishes. Oh, well, that's what a lovely offer. Yeah. Isn't it? Would he offer it to anybody? Like, I don't know. How much does it cost know. to go? Can but, you get a family yeah. ticket? So many questions. 16K, they reckon. 16K. Uh, a year? What is that? A month or a year? I don't I mean, know. It can't be. It and can he save money if he goes on with you, Switch? <laughs> is that what they're saying? <laughs> Kyle, you could save. You could ring him up. Don't ring him up during the game, yeah. though. No, it would be, it call at half time from you, Switch. It would be a month, wouldn't it? I mean, you know. 16 grand a month. Oh, yeah, easy. For an aquarium. Yeah. I won't get an aquarium then. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, when I hear from you this afternoon, uh, what was the reason for you saying things you were going to do but then went to the pub instead? Oh, well, there was a story in the paper, uh, yeah. you may have seen it, that some guy, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, but basically he was off sick, but he went to the pub. Uh, judges ruled that that was totally <clears throat> fine. Obviously, it depends on, you know, I think if, you, if you're calling with the flu, I think you probably shouldn't go to the pub. But, you know, if you've got a broken arm, you can go to the pub. But anyway, the judge said it was fine. So I thought you could fill in the blanks. Uh, I was meant to. I was meant to do blank, or I was meant to blank, yeah. but I went to the pub instead. Right. Well, I launched that on social media. It hasn't. Fl- just some silly answers. The, the, okay. The, the, the listeners are smarter than the people who just follow me. Okay. So I, I, Fair I, I hope for more from the the listeners. But yeah, fill in the blank. I was meant to blank, mm. but I went to the pub instead. Now tomorrow, um, Damien Delaney is going to join us, former uh, Ireland and Palace player, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to chat about. It's quite a nice uh, initiative by good friends at. Paddy Power, which we'll tell you about. Um, but as soon as I said his name, you said to me, Max, have you ever seen his fantastic um, 
fantasy dinner party yeah. lineup, and I hadn't. So it was in the yeah. Crystal Palace programme. Well, Kevin Day up next, he'll know about it. Keith Richards, definitely Keith Richards. He'd be my number one dinner guest. The stories, man, I was a little bit obsessed with the Stones, and I still am, to be honest, fair enough. Yeah. Then it goes on a slightly different route. Mm. Joseph Stalin, Genghis Khan, Chairman Mao and Napoleon. <laughs> There's a lot of murder in there, isn't there? What a five-a-side so, team. Four <laughs> despots and a rolling stone. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Like Keith Richards has got to bring a lot yeah. of fun to that party, hasn't he? I mean, he must Otherwise, have loved, it's I just take it, murder. He, must, he loves a strong man and a strong manager, I'm guessing. <laughs> I in think that. so, yeah. And what are Keith and Genghis Khan going to say? I mean, they've probably got some stories. <laughs> Same age, though, aren't they? Yeah. There's a fantastic... <laughs> you ever seen a clip of uh, Keith... It's like a clip of Genghis. No, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Keith's on stage and some bloke runs on the stage and he decides to kind of go up and hug Mick. Right. But Keith takes takes off his guitar and whacks the bloke with his guitar. And I think, to paraphrase, I can't remember it, but he said, this man came into my place of work, so I cut the mother down, (laughs) is what Keith says in explanation. He could tell that story and Chairman Mao and Napoleon would be rolling in the aisles, wouldn't they? Genghis would be going, fair play. I would have done a similar thing, but possibly with a sword. (laughs) The question, the question, is make a different gig, wouldn't it? The Rolling yeah. Stones. Um, the question is just the best questions and answers. The best answers you've seen in football programs, football magazines. Yes, yeah, just uh, the, the Tottenham had this whole thing going. We used to say at plays. Do you uh, do you believe in ghosts? And have you ever seen one? To which they replied nine times out of ten was um, no I haven't seen a ghost I don't believe in ghosts and I've never seen one yeah. so it was a bit of a dead end yeah, as a question course. but I seem to remember Aaron Lennon turned into a vet fielding <laughs> he really went for it and he, did, he kind of it was a very fulsome answer which I wasn't expecting well I don't think there's any better than Florian Lejeune in the Newcastle programme which is how would you dispose of a dead body if you only had one hour to get rid of it which is <laughs> quite the question to ask yeah he thought most players would bat that away but he just said I'd put it in the boot of my car drive out to sea put it on a boat and throw it into the sea with weights, with weights on it. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Florian Lejeune knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Actually, Jonathan Wilson did a very long thread about how that is not a sensible way of doing it. Oh, OK. Given, given the ferries you can get around the Newcastle the area. The amount of Newcastle fans in the pub after the game going through the programme say, oh, it's not the way I'd do it. And we can then go through their different... So, look, it started a conversation, which is what it's all about. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now, the six breakaway ESL teams mm-hmm. uh, have been fined £20 million. And I thought that would be each, wouldn't it? You know, bit... That would sting a tiny bit, yeah. isn't it? You know? uh, but it's £20 million collectively, which, considering they're six of the richest clubs in the world... And we're planning smack... to decimate the whole Premier yeah, League. does smack a bit of um, sting in Quadrophenia. <laughs> Will you take a check, doesn't it? Um, here to chat about that, because he's won half of the excellent uh, Price of Football uh, podcast, is uh, Kevin Day, comedian... Performer, writer, Palace fan. Good afternoon, Kev. Hello there. How are you? Good, thank you. Does that sound Good. enough? I mean, I, it's coming out of basically my season to get money, some of it. But um, but does that doesn't sound a lot, does it, for six very rich teams? I mean, it doesn't sound like a great deal of pain. It it, it doesn't really. There'll be a, a few sofas in Manchester that they're checking down the back for loose change. <laughs> they'll they'll find it somewhere, and it's a, a little bit of a bonus for. The rest of the teams in the Premier League, if that's how it gets distributed, you, you never know. The Premier League might say, let's give this money to the rest of football. Mm. They've had a difficult time through the last year. I, I wouldn't hold your breath, but I'm quite happy to be talking about it because if it means we don't have to talk about the prospect of Steve Cooper taking over at Palace, I'm happy to be here as financial expert. Although I should point out, by the way, that my role on the Price of Football podcast yeah. is, to, is to ask the questions in pretty much the same way that you've asked me 
Good question. I, <laughs> so, so I, what we can do is, Kevin, could you just ask Kieran when you next see him yeah. if this fine is enough and what should have happened? <laughs> I, I, I will ask him. But the trouble is, what will happen is I'll ask him and I'll do what I always do on every pod, forget immediately what the answer is. <laughs> oh, that happens to me all the time. It's so frustrating. Tell me, isn't I'm, it, Justin? I mean, I get, I get def- he defines the word amortisation to me week in, week <laughs> out. And why would you remember it in any other circumstance? It's not. I'm surprised... At the the lack of the, the how little the fine is, really. I think there's an there's more of a in in the Premier League more than UEFA. I think there's a uh, they want to draw a line under it far more. UEFA, I think, will want to be as vindictive as possible for as long as possible towards these teams. But I think the Premier League are vastly aware that the six teams involved are the six teams that bring most interest yeah. to the Premier League. So I think they basically want to slap them on the wrist, and this is the lightest slap on the wrist you could possibly imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. if this if this was a toddler, a toddler wouldn't feel this slap on the wrist. And it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting. I, I think they may even have spoken to the six clubs before and said, what would you tolerate as a fine, essentially? And they kind of went, well, you're probably 20 million quid. And they went, oh, that's, that's all right. No, no, between us. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, and they've yeah. gone. It's a bit like the old uh, Seth Johnson story, <laughs> exactly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now twenty. Yeah. They, he means twenty million for all of us. Don't say anything. <laughs> Don't say anything. Just keep nodding. It doesn't even divide into twenty particularly well. It's three million three hundred thirty-three thousand and thirty-three pence. I mean, at least he, he might have said what four mil each. They might have gone each rather than just well, coming up with yeah. a figure that involves loose change. I don't think the Premier League bosses will be sitting there going, what divides into what, will they? <laughs> well, they should, five, five, I think if it had been five mil each, they would have said, right, everyone is 30 million, quid, five million per club. Mm. That would have been a sort of you nice just want round to even maths, I just want to even... that divides into the figure in, intended. It, it divides, all right? It's not like pi, where you have to go to <laughs> for a certain number of decimal points. It's, it's all right. I don't think they'll be quibbling about the, uh, yeah. the amount of money they get. I think they will think they got off lightly, Considering, as as Max said, what the what the potential was to do to English football was destroy it. Yeah. There's no there's no two ways around it. You can't pussyfoot around this and say it would have cost clubs some money. It would have lost us the Carabao Cup. It would pretty much have destroyed English football Absolutely. as we know it and love it. So this is a very very light slap on the wrist. Although you have to bear in mind as well that they will be taken off Premier League committees. So people from those top six clubs won't be allowed to sit on Premier League committees for a certain amount of time. There is a lot of distrust from the other clubs in the Premier League towards them. So I, I think I think behind the scenes, those clubs will still be on a charm offensive to get back in the good books of the clubs in the Premier League, yeah. if not the Premier League. So, although it's, it's, it's a difficult one because people misunderstand. The Premier League actually consists of the 20 clubs that are in the Premier League every season so the membership changes every season there's no sort of organization called the premier league everything is done on a vote so it'd be interesting to know whether the clubs were all consulted about the amount of the fine and thought it was adequate absolutely um um, i hate to ask you about palace kev but we probably Mm. should for about i don't know for about six hours you thought nuno espirito santo was coming um but it's gone the same way as conte that isn't it too too big an entourage too much uh, money. Were you excited about Nuno for that short amount of time? Do you know what? For six hours, the only problem I had in life was how you scanned Nuno Espirito Santo's Red and Blue Army, which was, <laughs> which was, which was strict. I, it was really exciting. I have to say, I was the one on various WhatsApp groups who went, no, it never happened. I couldn't see it happen. It was just too glamorous and exciting for us. I just had the feeling, as a lot of Palace fans did, that 
it would have been not a strange fit, but that he would have wanted to bring in a lot of people, that he would have wanted to change a lot of things in a very short space of time. And that we're not a club that's ever been really associated with having more than one or two overseas players in the team. We're a team that you know, likes to get behind local players and local youngsters. So there was always that fear that he would want to bring in a massive new entourage almost overnight. And we know that he's, he's got brilliant contacts through him and his super agent agent. He's got brilliant contacts all over the world. So it might have been that the club culture would have been changed too quickly, but it also it was too exciting. It was never going to happen because it was way too exciting mm. for us. And now the worry, the worry is, of course, now that whoever gets the job knows that they weren't really first choice. And yeah. of course, as each day ticks away towards the start of the new season, you, you kind of think it's, it's going to be a makeshift Mm. Yeah, there's this worry. Well, not a worry because well, it is for me because we don't get on. But Dougie Freeman starts to get his name mentioned. Um, there's always that issue, and, and if it's Steve Cooper, that would be brilliant for Steve Cooper. Are you not? You're not. I mean, he's he's an up and coming coach. Did well with England. Has done Do pretty what, well what, with Swansea. I understand that, and I'm all for up and coming coaches. Mm. But I'd rather they up and came at somebody else's club. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, no I'll, disrespect, I'll for... Steve. <laughs> no, no, no. It, yeah. it, it could be. It could be a. You, you don't know. I'd, it's just that thing. I'd rather. It's risk and reward, as we've spoken about before. There's too much for us to lose, and it, it makes no sense when you've 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 lost a manager like Roy Hodgson, who almost almost guarantees you a place in the Premier League, to bring it in a manager like like Steve Cooper, who hasn't got Swansea out of the the Championship. And yes, I know he's done it with limited resources, mm. but. If you watch the playoff final, you wouldn't be watching. If you were a, a, a club in the Premier League, you wouldn't be thinking, I want the bloke who managed that losing team in the playoff final to come to my club. And also, when you've got some fairly big names in, in our squad, they want to be excited by big people coming in. And he, he could be brilliant if he comes in. And I think it's looking likely that it will be him. But it's it's a huge, it's a huge risk. And isn't that it, more it might... interesting than getting, you know, just. Another one of the same old people off the merry-go-rounds. You know, you've gone to the Dodgems. It's a bit more interesting. <laughs> I never liked the Dodgems as a kid. I wasn't too happy on the merry-go-round as a kid, to be perfectly honest. But, I'm a great fan of uh, fun no, by the sound of it. it, 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 it was only mind. an analogy, Kev. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, don't don't take us back to some childhood trauma on the water. Some old teddy boy chatting your mum up. <laughs> that was my dad. My dad was the old teddy boy in that relationship. Well, let's, let's just say we're hooking a duck. With a manager's name, on it. I'd rather hook a duck with a manager's name that is going to keep us in the Premier League. And Nuno again would have been an exciting choice. I'd rather Sean Dice, to be perfectly honest. But even if we get Sean Dice, it's a long process to get somebody who's a younger Roy Hodgson. And it, all all I'm saying is, it's the risk of bringing Steve Cooper. In. And it, it might be that Steve Cooper comes in and he brings three or four players from the Championship, a market that he knows really well, and we do we do brilliantly. But mm. Again, I, I want. I'm at an age. I want that security. Fourteenth. If you give me fourteenth, fifteenth next season, and maybe beating Man United, I'll I'll take that. Kevin's <laughs> the oh, dream. We've we've got to go. Lovely to talk Thank to you as Kevin. always. We'll catch up with you soon. And you. Thank all the best. All the best, Thank best you. now, boys. Thank, uh, do check out the Price of Football podcast. Kevin doing himself down. It's uh, it's a really interesting listen. It's football finance made fun and understandable. Yeah. Which Agreed. is not an easy thing to do. Can I uh, read you one of these uh, questionnaires? Oh, yeah, go on. Um, then. Uh, slight cheat came from the infamous Ask Our Sharvin QA, mm. um, which he ran on his frankly mad personal website, says Tom. The question uh, is from uh, uh, someone in Murmansk who says, Do you have any pets? What are their names? And Andrea Sharvin says, At the present moment, I don't have any. When I was a kid, we had two kittens. I cannot now remember their gender. And we also had a hamster. 
However, they they all disappeared under unclear circumstances. <laughs> Different times. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, time then to head back to the England... To camp. the farmer's market. To the, far, to the uh, England farmer's market. I did say to Paul uh, before the show, shall we make some jam and send it to Faye? And, and she I can try and offload it. And Paul Max, just went, no. No. I just said no, Faye. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want... You don't want Max's jam, do you, for goodness sake? Nobody in the England players. Gareth doesn't want your preserves. I don't know. think he does. Listen, Max messaged me last night saying exactly the same thing. I'm going to send you some jam. I'm going to make some. He was very excited about thinking, it. Oh, God. No, please don't do that. <laughs> it puts you in an awkward situation, but yeah. I think they'd understand. Well, look, I think look, there, could we, be a mar- there could be a market it's, it's for classic, it. It's classic, Max. It's, we, we pointed out yesterday, you're in this kind of big tent set up and all the broadcasts have their own little area that players come and chat you in. And I did say it didn't look a bit like a farmer's market. Mm. I've taken but, it too far Max as always. Now, yeah. Max has got the idea for you to sell kind of country biscuits and and jams and chutneys. He's, he's, but I mean, I, I think it won't help, will it? I mean, the, the, what will the players think when they come in? Like, he was, oh, just, well, he was trying to dress on. me like a farmer yesterday. He was on. saying I should look like a hipster like farmer. Hipster, three quarter length trousers, that little woolly hat. <laughs> a pair of wellies. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, like sort of Glasto oh, I think they think Faye's made an effort. This yeah. is great. I mean, it'd break the ice. Exactly, That's for sure. yeah. It would. So, Connor Cody, so we said yesterday, uh, Raheem Sterling, so relaxed. Uh, that was a good sign, I think, in the camp. But Connor Cody's always good value. So, you've dropped on there. I think he's, he's always good to chat to, I would think. He's awesome to chat to. Mm. He, he's just so relaxed and chilled out and he just loves every single minute of playing for England uh, and that comes across. I mean, when he scored his first goal, um, I spoke to him afterwards and you literally could not take the smile off of his face. He was absolutely buzzing even to have just been included in the squad initially when he was called up uh, for the Awesome Internationals. He was so delighted. Then unfortunately, we didn't see much more of him after that because um, he obviously had been in contact with somebody who had COVID and so he had to self-isolate and couldn't be included which was such a shame but whenever he puts on an England shirt he's you know he uses the term buzzing and and he absolutely is so I can't wait uh, to to see him again today I'm also going to ask him after Raheem described himself as England's most handsome winger I want to know what Connor is going to describe himself as in terms of uh, defence well he's not the most handsome now Ben White's in the squad is he he needs a bit of a spray tan I think yeah. ben, he, he's just like he looks like a he looks like a sailor he looks like crew on a, on a super yacht doesn't he you can imagine you, you know what I mean Ronan Wait, Abramov, waving off to the uh, okay, the crew, yeah, yeah, he just okay. looks like a man who's perennially healthy doesn't he, he just looks <laughs> Does look, it I does. Mean, the centre-back situation is so interesting, Faye, isn't it? And, and mm. I don't know how much... Do you think by the time we get to, you know, the day of the game, we'll we'll know if it's going to be a three or... A, we normally find out it's going to be a two or a three because when that team sheet drops an hour before kickoff, it's going to be fascinating to see. It really is. But don't forget, they change formation throughout the, throughout the match. And Gareth always talks about that. There's so much emphasis put on formation... But it's very fluid. And, and the way football's played nowadays, it, it changes frequently throughout a game. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that under Gareth Southgate as well and what he does. So I think the, the general thinking against Croatia is that it will be three at, three at the back. Um, but then you, you just don't know come the day. And obviously, bearing in mind personnel, it makes it a, a little bit harder because I was at training earlier on today. No Harry Maguire. He's mm. still training indoors. Um, and so it, it's going to be really interesting who starts, in, in, in what kind of formation. Luckily, this is exactly why Gareth Southgate has called up versatile players, because there are plenty of players that can play in a three or a four um, in, in midfield as well. You know, it's exactly why Ben White was called up. He can play 
um, all kinds of positions mm. and, and that's going to be vital because you just don't know going on. We've got Harry Maguire injured at the moment. Um, going forward, you don't know who's going to pick up injuries in, in training and in, in, the first, in the first couple of games. What's it, what's it like around Jordan Henderson? Are the sort of coaches or the physios coming in to chat? Is he just is he just training normally? I know he's played a you know part in the game the other day, but is he being treated like all the other players in training at the moment? Yep, he is at the moment. But obviously, as you know, Paul, we only ever get fifteen minutes of yeah. open training, and it's very much a kind of warm up format. Um, so we don't see what actually goes on afterwards. It could be that he trains separately, and that's not information we're yet privy to. Equally. He played well in those 45 minutes, I thought, bearing in mind he hadn't played for almost four months. Mm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll take the penalty out of it. We'll forgive, <laughs> we'll forgive him that. Um, but he looked really comfortable and, and he sounded confident when I spoke to him after the match as well. And I think it's just a case he's been training really hard. He said how hard he'd worked just to be able to get to this point. So you, you know a player like Jordan mm. Henderson, he knows his body. He's been around the block. Mm. He's grafted for this. I, I don't think he's the type of player, if he wasn't fully fit, that wouldn't flag the fact that he doesn't feel fully fit. That's exactly why we didn't see him in the first game against Austria, because he just felt... He, he described it, which I'd never heard this, uh, this description before, he described it as domsy when I spoke to him. Right. Um, so, you know, you get delayed onset muscle soreness, which is doms. Right. I've never heard domsy before. No. I was like, oh, I, mean, I like that. Um, and so that's why, he didn't, that's why he didn't play. Then they scanned him and it was clear. So I think in terms of Jordan Henderson, fingers crossed for him personally that he'll be okay, whether or not he'll be risked in a 90-minute situation or will start um, against Croatia. We'll find out. It's going to be, I mean, it's fascinating to see if he starts. I think it's interesting with Conor Cody and the centre-backs because, you know, when everyone is talking about this squad, they're pinpointing that as a potential problem area. I wonder how the centre-backs feel, you know, as to be that part of the squad. You know, no one says, oh, the attack's not that great. So they can all think like, <laughs> oh, we're all great and whoever gets picked has done a great job. You know, everyone is pinpointing the centre-backs as the potential problem area. And I don't know, I suppose, you know, Southgate said in that Players' Tribune thing is, you know, the players shouldn't be looking at social media and following any of that. But you wonder if that filters through to them and to sort of, you know, say, how do you feel? You lot are the, the bad bit of this squad is, is a tricky thing to deal with. Well, I, I'll, I'll speak to Conor Cody about that. That's, that's what we Don't get say to I talk said to it. the players again. Oh, I will. I'm attributing it to <laughs> yeah, you, most Max definitely. Rushton said, says you're Max Rushton says. <laughs> I just said, I'll, Max Rushton said, would you like some jam? That's <laughs> all I was, that was his yeah, main that, focus. That's how I'll smooth it over instead. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think when you look at the squad and you look at the names on the squad, anybody would look at that and think that perhaps the weakness is in, in defence. And Gareth himself has spoken about you know, the fact that they've been defensively poor recently. Um, when you don't have a comfortable centre-back pairing, and even when we saw um, Harry Maguire and John Stones play together, John Stones made a, made a poor error. And so what you thought was going to be, you know, a comfortable centre-back pairing then had some question marks over it. And it just doesn't feel that that's the only part on the pitch where we feel like we've not had any solidity. And that's the place we need the solidity because that has to be solid in order for those forwards to go and do what they can do. And as I said yesterday, we've almost got this rotational, amazing uh, group of players that, that can all push forward 
there's no point doing that if you get caught on the counter-attack and defensively can't handle it. And unfortunately, they have looked a bit shaky. I, I highlighted Tyrone Mings the other day against Romania in particular. He didn't have some great moments against Austria, but was particularly shaky against Romania. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's what why Ben White ended up in the squad, because yeah. he had a very assured performance, cleared off the line against Austria and then played really well uh, when he was in a centre-back pairing with Tyrone Mings against Romania. And so, you know... <laughs> It's a really difficult one because I don't think you can read too much into those warm-up games coming in, bearing in mind the number of players that that were absent for it. But it is an area that we've struggled in, I agree. Uh, Mike says, imagine the England team going down with food poisoning before the semi-final because of Max Rushton's jam. (laughs) Listen, Rushton, if we get knocked out of the group stages and Gareth Southgate comes out in the press conference and says, I was put off by someone trying to get me to push preserves, I'm coming for you, says Nice. That terrible. There was something in a jam we were given by Max Rushton. A lot of the players had stomach cramps. That's why half the team were missing. I think I will be driven off camp. I think you would. You'd have to leave. Oh, Anyway, it's not happening for I've put him off. Well so, done. Thank um, you, Paul, for the it, sensible side. In, enjoy your chat with Connor Sensible, Cody. boring, more like that. <laughs> <all right>. Hopefully <laughs> here, that's right, yeah. Well, hopefully here, I feel like his dad sometimes. Well, hopefully here, uh, some of that interview later. And we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Cheers, Thanks babe. a lot. Yeah. There we are. Fake Crothers there in the England camp. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, also you said, shall we make some jam? I've never made jam in my life. Like neither have I. Tonight would be a good night. <laughs> Why not? I just saying to my miss, you said, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm making jam for fake others so she can show it to the England players in something that looks like a pharmacy. She said, are you mad? I said, no, it's not me, it's him. It's Max Rushton. It sucked me into his vortex. <laughs> You'll get a weekend show soon, don't worry. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. And Paddy's going to join us on the show tomorrow and, uh, controversially, he's going to be playing the birthday spread. Feels We're like having a week off, an exhibition. It feels like the 39th game, this. <laughs> feels like the integrity of the spread has gone. It's a three-way birthday spread. How does the three-way spread work? I mean, do we have we to write... We all have a guess. We it's all not have that to, complicated. Do you think we have to write it down? Well, so, listeners have suggested you write it down, so then it just, you're not one either side. No, one either side is fine. Writing stuff down on the radio is not great, is it? I mean, as Worth is. giving it a try. Shouting out people's birthdays <laughs> is, is not I'm, great, no, I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm I'm treating it with the contempt that it deserves. Okay, three way spread. We'll have a as chat. A purist. Paul Ince, Manu Petit tomorrow. Oh, uh, lots of other people as well, including uh, Damien Delaney, formerly of Palace and Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, who gave one a couple of the the great um, Q and A's in match programs. You've been telling us about those uh, this afternoon, so you can keep those coming. Um, got a little bit of something to play you from uh, yes. Max. He said, "Do you want to play that? Well, should we play that later? Yeah. yeah. Would you want to do your three? Like, you want to do Klinsman or Emmanuel Frimpong? That's okay. the choice." We've got well, maybe now. we can try and squeeze. Let's do Klinsman first. Uh, Jurgen Klinsman is part of the Three Lines documentary we're here tomorrow night from seven on Talk Sport. It's it's the story of um, the song, yeah, uh, Three Lines by Skinner and Badil, and we, we chatted to them. It's kind of interwoven with the story of the tournament. So you hear from Stuart Pearson, David Seaman, and Darren Anderton, and Motti, and Chris Tarrant, and lots and lots of different people heavily involved in the song and in the tournament. You, when Dean Henderson was saying in the Sports Bulletin that you know, when you hear those opening chords, yeah. you do just, it just takes you back. Absolutely. It's like an amazing, yeah. like that just is perfect. It just makes me think of what a brilliant summer mm. that was. We had to speak to Jürgen Klinsmann because the Germans kind of adopted the song. And Frank and uh, David, sadly the audio doesn't exist, but they went on... They went on German telly and sang it on German TV <laughs> at one point as well. But it has got a certain notoriety there. So we did uh, have a chat with uh, Jürgen uh, on Zoom at his home in uh, the States. And um, he kicked off by saying he understands why the Three Lions song resurfaces at all the major tournaments. 
obviously a World Cup or even a European Championship is some something embraced by everyone. So you live through those moments all together. So and you suffer and, and you celebrate together. So I, I think, you know, with this song, this song was so, yeah, it, it meant also a lot because it documented back, you know, to 66, you know, when there was this so special moment for England. And when every kind of next tournament comes along, it kind of gets reused in a certain way because there's always hope, right? You have always the hope for the next tournament and the next mm. tournament. And I think they played an outstanding tournament in Russia and they got close to it. You know, they, they were right there and now comes the next opportunity. And I think, you know, uh, why not dreaming and why not thinking that it can happen this summer? Why not? And, and that's why I think this, this song will, will, will never get old. It will never get yeah. old. And the German team uh, of 2014, when they came back to parade the trophy, the German fans sang it to the guys when they were on the open top bus. So the German public, not just the players, have embraced it. Yeah, so they it, it took them quite a while after 96. We tried to kind of sing it with them. They didn't get it yet. <laughs> <laughs> In 2014, then they knew the song because I think it is uh, uh, played on, on YouTube more than 7 million times. <laughs> so, so, so it took us, it, it took us quite a while to get the text down. <laughs> but uh, no, I, 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 it became so popular also in other countries, especially then in Germany, because they connected in all, also with the win of the 96 European Championship trophy. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody loves it. Everybody loves that mm. song. And uh, uh, it will be interesting to see this summer now who's going to embrace it and actually enjoys it at the end of the day of the most. There we are, Jürgen Klinsmann uh, chatting to us as part of the Three Lines uh, documentary. You'll hear that at Seven. It brought, it's interesting. It brought back a, a kind of a lot of memories. Yeah, I bet of that I tournament. Uh, Am I the only person that thought the lyric for for ages were "Jules Remain" and nothing to do with Jules Remain? I just hadn't no, done that. I didn't no, wear that out. Am I the only well be a, someone well else? Be alone on I'm the only person. Did anyone else think it was Jules? I don't know what Jules they were, but they remain still gleaming. <laughs> the Those Jules, Jules remain still. The Jules remain. Some, this is not some nod to. Bobby Moore, those scurrilous accusations at the 1970. <laughs> Absolutely nothing World to do Cup. with that. No. no okay, good. No. Anyway, some, it's so, I can't be the only one. No. Okay. I may be, though. It's possible. <laughs> well, I, 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 yes, I, not me. I was <laughs> okay. with it all the way. So, um, yeah, seven o'clock uh, tomorrow here on Talk Sport. And the excellent Gaz and McCoist Together Again a documentary, I'm sure, is available to listen to again on the Talk Sport app. That was on. Last night, the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy, that's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. On the subject of uh, uh, interviews and <clears throat> funny things in <clears throat> magazines off the back of Damien Delaney's on tomorrow and his, his uh, fantasy dinner party of Keith Richards, Chairman Mao, Genghis Khan, Napoleon and Stalin. Um, Darren Mackey uh, was asked about reading uh, um, and he said, uh, if I did read books, it would be autobiographies because I enjoy finding out about things that have happened in other people's lives. My favourite book is Lord of the Rings. Although I haven't read the book, I've watched the films. The book must be good because the films are so good. My favourite author is J.R. <laughs> Tolkien because he wrote the best story ever told, Lord of the Rings. So that's good, isn't it? <laughs> so I think we're going to be able to play you uh, a conversation. Oh, a bit of Frimpong? Yeah. Oh, marvellous. You had a chat with Manuel Frimpong, didn't you? A while back. As part of and Footballers so Are Nice. It's a kind of audio Q&A. It's an audio Q&A, but uh, Footballers Are Nice, which ran for a few years to mm. sort of ran out of footballers to ask, and it included some sort of menial lifestyle questions. How many toilets do you have? Mark Schwartzer has nine. Yeah. Danny Mills, six. And three in the outhouse. How many tellies do you have? For example, David O'Leary has 11 of those. Wow. And a couple of the questions are, what's your favourite insect? Because I heard that on a rival radio station. Mm. I thought, if that's the best they can do, then we can, you know, we're on yeah, a good yeah, thing. And, that, yeah. and what's your favourite cheese? So this is Emmanuel Frimpong, former Arsenal legend, of course. Uh, and Barry begins with the insect question first. Uh, Emmanuel, what's your favourite insect? Antelope. Is that an insect? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> what, was, what was that antelope? I, 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 was not, I was not the smartest kid at school, so forgive me on that one. No, you know, like an ant or a, or a snail. Is a snail an insect? Oh, that uh, kind of thing, little things. Uh, uh, this, uh, I forgot the name. I forgot the name. Hey, I would still... I, I don't know the name for it. I'd stick with antelope. It was Yeah. Um, do, you, do you own... It's too early, Russia, man. It's too early. You caught me on the wrong day. <laughs> no, no, look. It's easier if we reclassify antelope as an insect from now on. Uh, what's your favourite cheese? The yellow one. I don't know the name. I don't know. The yellow one. <laughs> how, how early is it in Russia, Emmanuel? Uh, at the moment, it's two fifteen, but we don't train till six o'clock in the evening. So I was I was sleeping when you lot called. Oh. So forgive me on this one. He was half asleep. <laughs> it was two in the afternoon. It wasn't that early. You wouldn't want an antelope <laughs> running around your skirt in board, <laughs> would you? Wouldn't be infested with antelopes. 
And the Monty Python sketch. We did agree, uh, and it never happened, but we said we would go to the Natural History Museum together and you know, do a piece. Well, not reclassified, just to show Emmanuel Frimpong around. You know, oh, right. just to show him what antelope was. It's a very good answer, watching a very yeah. insect antelope. I, mean, the I wasn't shock, expecting it. The <laughs> shock of seeing what an antelope looks like compared to an insect would be, would be quite... Or a tiny... Maybe there are tiny antelopes. Anyway, some good answers. No. I enjoyed it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Would you like to hear about a fugitive tortoise? Oh, yeah. Okay, runaway giant tortoise managed to leg it a mile before he was caught. The giant Must African... Must have taken a couple of weeks, I was going to say, the giant African Salcata tortoise, known as Titan, fled from his enclosure at a top speed of 0.3 miles an hour. The 35-year-old pet was spotted by a member of the public. Hours later, the nine-stone beast was hauled into a police van. This is a bit harsh, nine isn't it? stone? And driven home. Where was this? <laughs> in Suffolk. Really? Uh, the owner There's was a baffled. There's a nine-stone tortoise There's in a, Suffolk. On the loose... Going at 0.3 miles an hour. There was no sign of the fence being broken, and he can't jump over it. It's three foot high. He said he needs some uh, some. If it was a super responder to the super spikes, yeah, he could, could get up those. to one mile an hour, couldn't you, he? Anyway. You mentioned Ben Brereton earlier on of uh, Blackburn Rovers. I who's, did. Yeah, he's now playing for Chile by one of his parents, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, you said he'd gone from Blackburn to Chile. Uh, for no minutes he'd not played any minutes I think putting that in perspective Danny the Villa fan my mate and I played county darts there was one spot left as Staffordshire took on Glamorgan Um, I played and he didn't he wasn't impressed it was a seven hour bus journey it took 11 to get back as there was an accident on the motorway (laughs) well it does put Blackburn to Santiago in perspective (laughs) thank you Danny for that Ben says I went to Sydney for a wedding which I didn't attend because I was sick but that's pretty good I mean that's up there that's in the Brereton envelope it is in the Brereton which was a da- which was a uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. A John Grisham, wasn't it? I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A final and a regional tournament, says Espen. Coach left me on the bench because we were only narrowly winning the game. We can't risk anything. I didn't disagree with his assessment, he says. Uh, this doesn't really count, um, but I cycled from Birmingham to Paris. Well, almost got to Paris. I got 40 miles away and fell off and had to go to hospital. So <laughs> about 360 miles under my own steam to not cycle to, Pal- to Paris. Yeah, there we go. There's quite a few of these. There's uh, some footage emerged today. Uh, West Ham fans will uh, will enjoy this. Vladimir Sufal, their uh, fine defender, um, was involved in a little incident with uh, Eduardo Rejo, who is the uh, coach of Albania. Mm. They were playing a pre-tournament friendly yesterday. And uh, he ran into the coach, 75-year-old uh, Eduardo, and sent him flying. Uh, Sufal said, "When I, my, my momentum took me into him. But when you look at it, it was a bit of old East End skullduggery, as far as I'm concerned. He's left he a bit on the coach and started again. He's 75, isn't but he? He's, he's, it's, but it's happened twice in a week. He went over the other day. He was pushed over. I mean, he oh, is really? 75. He's a, so he didn't fall over. He had a fall. I'm yeah. working on that basis. <laughs> At that age, he had a fall, as we all know. But I did suggest before the show the text topic. What's the oldest person you've inadvertently knocked over? But you didn't want. <laughs> well, I just didn't think it had legs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's gone down twice, the poor fella. So anyway, but thankfully he's all right. He laughed it off with Sufal afterwards. Uh, this so is well. from uh, Dusty Bus, who says a teammate got a red card in the semi-final. Mm. The ref wrote my number down instead of his, and I was told at the final, mm. after <clears> driving <throat> two hundred kilometres wow. for it, that I was suspended. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Can I put out a request, Max? Would you mind? Would you give me? Uh, would you give me a few seconds to? Uh, ladies uh, and gentlemen, it's now time on yeah. Talk Sports. Abusing his power, Paul Hawksby. That's it. With well, a personal request, but, but for a good cause. Okay. Um, the charity of which I'm a patron, Sporting Memories Foundation, do lots of great work for people tackling dementia, depression, 
and loneliness. And this might be something that interests you. Um, the Great North Run, 12th of September, Sunday the 12th of September, mm-hmm. um, they've got some spots, as many charities have, and they've got a couple of places. Okay. Um, and they'll give you some help with your training. Um, they'll, you know, they'll keep you in touch. They'll work out the fundraising for you. They'll give you as much help as they can. If you've always fancied doing the Great North Run, I know a lot of people have, and it's a, it's apparently a brilliant one to do. If you would like to do that and raise some money for Sporting Memories Network, get in touch with them there. Uh, fundraising at the SMF. That's fundraising at the smf.co.uk. We'll put it on the TSH&J website. But, um, yeah, a couple of spots still open. If you've always fancied doing that for a good cause... And uh, yeah, if you can help, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I've just tweeted, it, tweeted that out. It's a great charity. As it well. is. It so, is. And we'll, yeah. so we'll put it on TSH and Jane. It's on Max's as well. So, Okay, well, we spoke to uh, Faker Others a little bit earlier on, and she said she was going to have a chat with Connor Cody. You'll hear a bit more of this chat, I'm sure, in Drive and throughout the rest of the day on Talk Sport. Uh, but yep, Faye has had her chat. We can bring you a little snippet of that now. And she asked him about his earliest England memories. Oh, the first tournament, I was born in 93, so I, th- I think 96 come a little bit early for me. 98 was one where Michael Owen won the goal against, uh, the goal where he slaloms and ends up putting it in the top corner. It was incredible. That, that that one for me sticks out. I think that's the earliest memory that I can remember, if I'm being honest with you. And listen, what, what a team that was. David Beckham was involved and people like this. So, yeah, that's the earliest memory for me in that goal. Who was your England hero when you were growing up? I've always been a massive fan of Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard was always one of supporters of Liverpool as a boy growing up, so Steven Gerrard was always the England hero. But you go back to, like I mentioned there, Michael Owen, I think for any young young boy, young child, seeing a striker score as many goals as he did and goals like that that he that he scored in that tournament was incredible. So I'll definitely say them too, I think. You know, Espirito Santo, in terms of club matters, leaving at the end of the season, was that something that surprised you as players and something you were able to kind of you know, block out while you were on camp at England? Yeah, first and foremost, when you when, when you come here, it's you block anything out. You're playing for your country. Listen, it's it's so refreshing when you come. It's something where you come and play with the players that are here, the manager that's here, and the way you go about playing for England. It's, it, it's the most special feel in the world. Honestly, I can't put it into words. So so to block out your club situations, you've got to do that coming here because you're playing for your country, playing for a different team. But first and foremost, I, I think it's always a little bit of a shock when your manager goes. I think it's always a shock for us as players. It was a shock when we got told on the Friday, but. Listen, the, the, the club's moving forward. We've obviously seen a new manager come in today, which is incredibly exciting for the football club. It's incre- incredibly exciting for us all, and we're all really looking forward to, to getting back to work and get working under him, to be honest with you. Yeah, how did you find out that news, and what do you, what do you know about Bruno Lage? Well, I've seen a lot in the news over the last few days. I think that's where we all find out the news. I've, I've spoke to the club a few times, which, which has been brilliant, and they've spoke to me about it as well, which has been great. So, listen, it's a, it's a really exciting time for the football club. It's something we're all excited about because we all want to improve. We all want to get better. We had the season we had last year, and listen, the football club's moving forward, and we all want to make sure we, we try and make it better as much as we possibly can. And then one final random question. Max Rushton thinks that this area looks like a country fair and he wants to make jam for everybody and start selling it to you all. So would you be open to that? Do you have a favourite jam or chutney? Uh, no. <laughs> chutney, no, yeah, just a normal strawberry jam I can put on my toast, yeah. So I'll, I'll be open to that, yeah, definitely. Well, that's the know. first ordering. Good man, Absolutely. Connor. Thank you, Faye, for asking that. Straw- so you've got to go home tonight and make, from scratch, first ever time in your life, right, yeah. and explain it to the missus, strawberry jam for Connor Cody. You booked the cinema, right? I haven't been to the cinema for, what, about a year and a half? Whoa. And I've got to say, sorry. Cancel it. Connor sorry, Cody Jamie. wants his strawberry jam. Absolutely. Okay, consider it done.
Yeah, which could be the title of today's podcast, quite possibly. <laughs> well, thank you, Faye, for asking that question. Yeah. I was about to say, no jam question, so good on Faye. <laughs> good stuff. And if you're not sure how to pronounce the name of uh, the new uh, Wolves manager, um, luckily Prince, the talking dog from That's Life, he's on hand to tell you. Have you ever seen Prince, the talking dog from That's Life? I don't know what you you're talking about. Uh, the Esther Ranson show. It's such a great shame that okay. that whole generation of people now are not aware that a dog talked on national TV, properly talked okay. on national TV. I'm, I'm, how I'm it's all not ears. on TV every week. I find it hard to believe. very much like it should be on the one show. But uh, he would have said, um, so say, what is it, Prince? Bruno. <laughs> that's how he sounded, the dog. Right. The dog that okay? spoke on that side. Right. I have to hold my mouth you in a do, certain yes. position, but that's what he Slightly sounds like. sinister, all that's of that. It does. 20 it does seconds. Quite sinister. Right, okay. Anyway, uh, you get the idea not with Long that. left of today's show. Yeah, seen that's it. So... <laughs> Now you know. <laughs> um, look it up, kids. It's on. It's on YouTube. I'm not. It, it spoke. That's all I'm saying to you. It wasn't a trick. It spoke. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. We got a bit of a special. We got some top names: Manu Petit, Paul Ince, Damian Delaney. Um, we've got Paddy Powers popping in. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Christian O'Connell's going to come on, isn't he, from the world of radio? Oh, great, live from Australia. So, look, until then, hope you can join us. Uh, if not, the podcast will be available around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.